Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins... I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So, I'm a hunter, and I like to hunt wild boar specifically, though I have been deer hunting and have been known to get a turkey for Thanksgiving. I do mostly hunt boar, though. For those of you that don't know, boar are a pretty big problem in the United States. A sow can have two litters a year, and it's not uncommon for a litter to consist of ten or more pigs. And given that pigs eat anything and everything... It's not hard to see why the Department of Fish and Wildlife makes it illegal to hunt them, with almost no restrictions. In my state, it's illegal to hunt most large mammals with night or thermal vision scopes, with the exception of boar and coyote. I'd been saving for a year, mostly fun money. It's hard to explain to your wife that a scope that cost literally twice as much as the rifle that I was mounting it on was worth it. But in the end... I did it. I took it to a range and sighted it in. There was also an area that was prepared with boar activity that I knew would be perfect for a night hunt. It was easily accessible with my truck with easy to find spots that I could set up in that overlooked a large easy to navigate clearing. The night started uneventful, mostly me just tinkering with my new toy, cycling through the settings and whatnot. I was a little bit impatient. I spotted multiple deer, but they were out of season, and like I mentioned earlier, my current setup wasn't legal for deer. So I moved to another spot that I'd seen days earlier that probably wasn't much better than my first, but it gave me something to do and a new angle to look around with my new scope. After about maybe an hour or so of just glassing the area, it dawned on me. This spot doesn't have much animal activity at all. 
no rabbits or owls. The deer that I'd seen were hundreds of yards from where I was. Why was this pocket of land so dead at night but lively during the day? I'd set up at around 10pm and it was about 2am when I started to think about packing up and maybe setting up a target before I left but I then heard a, a crunch come from the direction that I came from before. I panned my scope over and saw the silhouette of a small bear. It's important to note that my scope isn't exactly night vision, it's just a thermal scope, kind of like a black and white version of what you see in the Predator movies I guess. But in any case, I adjusted my range and zoomed in a little bit. I remember jolting a bit too when I saw that it wasn't really a bear, it was actually a man. But because he was so low and hunched over, I thought that I was looking at a young bear at first. Is that a, a game warden? It couldn't be. I would have seen the headlights coming up the road from where I was perched. And where could he have walked from anyway? I was like 30 miles away from anything and on public lands. I was about to call out when I then noticed that he was completely naked. No shoes, no pants, nothing. I remember being disturbed by his movements, sort of like a, a squirrel or something, twitchy and grabbing at the foliage, sniffing around and palming the trees. Was that my tree? The one that I'd been leaning against earlier? The thought terrified me. Could he smell me? But then he did something that I still have nightmares about today. He squatted, placed his hands in the dirt between his feet, and stared straight up like a dog mid-howl. And I heard it. A voice coming from that direction. But it was a female voice. She said, help, I'm lost. There was a long pause, but neither of us moved a muscle. The center of my sights was trained at the dirt in front of his feet, but I couldn't bring myself to aim directly at another person. Were they lost? Was this some guy that had gone crazy out here? Why was his voice so feminine? Then again, help, please, I can't walk, the voice called out. That's when I called it. Not only could he walk, but when I first saw him, he was traversing the land with ease for a naked person. So good, in fact, that I mistook him for a bear. This was a trap for sure. This guy was trying to lure me into him with a damsel in distress routine. Luckily, the lack of activity before had caused me to pack up most of my gear, and I think I may have left behind a hat maybe and a sitting pad, but I didn't care at this point. I took my eyes off him for a moment to get my pack on and I buckled my chest strap and scrambled for my rifle. And to my horror, he was in the same position but his face was now staring in my direction and I could have sworn that I saw him smile. But how the heck he heard me get up and put my gear on, I have no idea. He must have easily been 150 yards away at least. I screamed at him to leave me alone in that direction and he stood straight up and it hit me all of a sudden just how tall and skinny this guy was, easily six feet and very lean. He took a couple of long strides in my direction and I instinctively sent a round sailing above his head into the tree line. He was freaky man but he didn't really threaten me at this point so 
what would I do? Call the cops? He stopped dead in his tracks and hunched down on all fours. I yelled at him, the next one will be in your head, get lost. He strayed on all fours and this time I had my sights on the center of him. His eyes though were just above the grass like a, a large cat or something. I was trying to stop my trembling and knew that my voice had cracked a little on that last warning. I was terrified. That standoff probably only lasted maybe a minute or two, maybe less, but man, it felt like a long time, let me tell you. In an instant though, he bolted left towards the tree line opposite the road. So much for not being able to walk, eh? I couldn't keep him on my scope and he was moving so quickly. He disappeared into the brush and I sent another round sailing high in his direction. I racked another round and tried to pocket that mag and swap for a fresh one, but I dropped it and I didn't bother looking for it. I wasn't far from my truck and at this point, I just wanted to get out of there. I could still hear him in the distance though, yelling in his weird sound that could have been a laugh or a cry, I don't know, but... I scrambled up the trail and arrived at my truck breathless. I tossed my gear into the cab but kept the rifle in the passenger seat and I sped off. For the longest time, I told that story from the perspective of having spotted some deranged crackhead living off the land like some kind of caveman or something. I reported it to Fish and Game but all they did was scold me for hunting at night alone, never received an update either. And it wasn't until I told this story at a camping trip that my nephew told me about wendigos, rakes, and skinwalkers. And my story scared this kid half to death because the spot that we were camping was technically the same forest that I'd seen this guy, just 50 miles east of it. He was so spooked that his mum, my cousin, had to take him home. And she was really angry, unfortunately. But anyway... I've gone down the rabbit hole, so to speak, with these stories, and I'm not saying that what I saw definitely was a Wendigo or a Skinwalker. Heck, it probably was just some crazy dude. What I am saying, though, is that if such a thing exists, I may have dodged quite the bullet that night. Or, again, maybe it was just a, a tweaker being Donnie Thornberry in the middle of the night. Either way... I just thought that I would share this, and I hope you enjoyed. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. To better paint the picture, 
Here's a description of myself at the time of this incident three years ago. I'm 5'5", 26-year-old woman, medium-length bleach blonde hair, curvy, 175 pounds, wearing black high-waisted tights and a pink crop top. Three years ago, I was walking home late at night from my friend's house. It was dark and at the time I lived in a rough part of a large city. I've had many sketchy situations that have gotten myself out of, so I guess I felt sort of invincible, like nothing truly scary could happen to me. But when I walk alone, I always stay very alert and aware of my surroundings for my own safety just in case. Anyway, about halfway home and roughly 10 minutes to my apartment, I noticed a van starting to tail me. I was used to this since in my city it's very common for a young woman in a rough area to get propositioned for a fun time. It's embarrassing just how desensitized to this I was. But I did my usual and crossed the road so that I'd be walking beside the traffic heading in the other direction. I wasn't scared, just annoyed I guess. The van then turned down a side street then back onto the road that I was on and pulled up to me. At this point, I still wasn't really scared. Again, this has happened so many times and it never mattered if I was wearing something that showed more skin or if I was wearing a winter coat zipped from just below my chin all the way down to my ankles. That area is notorious for that type of activity. I decided to be firm this time and told the person sternly, I'm not interested. I noticed though that there were two men in the van. They looked almost identical and may have been twins or brothers I think. In any case, both men had a very dark complexion, dark eyes, short dark hair. The van didn't move and I was super annoyed, sort of crossed the road again to get away. At this point, I figured that this would be enough for them to just stop following me. But they didn't. Instead, they kept circling back every time that I crossed the road. I've never had to put that much effort into getting a, a pervert to leave me alone, so this is when I started feeling unsafe. They zipped by me at the speed of the traffic that was flowing in and I yelled for them to get lost. I honestly thought that it finally worked too. It had been three minutes and I hadn't seen the van, so I thought that I was in the clear. Just in case though, I pulled my phone out and was getting ready to call my sister that I lived with. When just then, the van pulled up to me very quickly, and before I could even blink, one of the men jumped out of the van, opened the back door and approached me quickly in an aggressive manner, as if he was about to scoop me up and throw me into the vehicle. The traffic in that area is very inconsistent. It was dead, and I imagined that this is what they were waiting for. But just as the man was about to place his hands on me, I tilted my phone and said, you're being filmed in my live video chat. I gave my friends your license plate number, and the police have been notified. I was so scared, but I didn't let that show. I stayed as calm as I could. The man paused like he was considering if I was bluffing or telling the truth, so I tilted the phone more as if to give the fake audience a better look at him. This seemed to have worked, and he jumped into the van, and they sped off. I've never been the same since that night. I'm afraid of walking alone now, even in the daytime. Stay safe out there, guys, and be careful. You never know what could happen to you. I was hiking in the Olympic National Forest a few years ago by myself and my two dogs. 
but we were four days in around 20 miles at least as a crow flies from even a known mountain road. I was camping at around 7k feet that night or right where the tree line started thinning out. So when you go to the campsite there's a, a big open meadow on the top of a secondary mountain. It was about an hour from sunset. My big dog usually runs around within proximity of the camp as I put the tent up or make dinner and stuff. But I noticed this time was a little different. He kept staring up at this steep tree-filled mountainside, tail straight up and barking. Not the bark when you see small animals too. Not the excited, oh you guys are lucky because I'd rip you all apart if my master wasn't here, high-pitched barks, but sort of unsure or concerned barks. Now, the day before, I'd found a note left under a rock at the last landmark, saying that there was apparently a problem bear in the area that was harassing a party of campers a few days ago, and I myself had seen big cat tracks the day before, so I was rightfully concerned that this may be more than just ground squirrels. I decided to go climb up some of the boulders at the foot of the hill while I took my time looking up the hillside for a moment, before I went to go hang up my bear bag up there. They were the only trees around to hang the bag. I didn't see or hear anything, but my dog kept quietly whining like there was something up there. So, while still concerned, I started hiking up this steep hill to hang the bag. It was so steep that I had to use the trees to balance and lean against so I didn't go tumbling down, before making another five or six step push to the next tree that I could lean against. Anyway, I'm slowly making my way up this hill or ridge, hopping from tree to tree to keep my balance. Then I get about uh, maybe 100 feet up the hill and I hear a whole lot of big movement about 50 feet in front of me. My dog immediately goes from a deep low growl to a savage slobber flying everywhere type barking now. My heart starts pounding out of my chest and I immediately start to panic. A million thoughts go racing through my head in the matter of seconds. Because if this is a bear, my dog is going to try and save me. In which case, he's most likely about to die. And I'm just sort of stuck here. If I have to get off this hillside fast, I almost 100% am going to trip and fall off the 12 to 15 foot cliff onto the boulders below. Like hundreds of 5 to 20 foot boulders as well. So I'm feeling pretty screwed about now. But then I hear my other little dog start barking and freaking out down at the campsite, which was just out of sight. I had zipped her in my tent so she didn't wander off while I was away. So yeah, I'm absolutely panicking at this point. A few seconds after I kind of snap back to it and I take another few seconds to start to put my survival priorities in order and call my dog back to me, Loki by the way. He comes and sits against my feet, as my back is against a tree, so I'm kind of pinned or stuck there for the moment. But my dog was seemingly trying to separate me from something up there, so I let him lean against me while I try to collect myself. This is when I realized too that I had completely forgot that I had my headlamp on. I reach up so fast up to turn my lamp on and I basically punch myself in the face. I'm having some serious adrenaline pumps going right now. So much so that my knees are starting to shake. I get my lamp on and peer up the hillside. I figure I'll at least get a reflection of the eyes or whatever's up there. I peer up there, 
look around, but nothing. But I just heard something. We both did. And whatever it was, it didn't get away or sound like it had made it too far, I guess. I knew something was there. So I'm just kind of steadfast at this point. I need to know what's up here because I have to sleep here tonight. And you know, I'm out in the middle of nowhere alone, right? Better to face it now than wait like a sitting duck all night is my thought process. So yeah, as I'm looking up this hill and at one point my dog lunges forward unpinning me. He does like a fake bluff charge up the hill about 15 feet and I mean he's snarling and foaming at the mouth at this point. As he does this I finally see movement. Something moving up and breaking the line of the horizon or sunset. My dog's bluff made whatever it was blow its cover, so I'm zeroed in now. I call my dog back and silently watch, and what I make out made my heart completely drop. There was a man crouched about maybe 75 feet directly in front of me, wearing not camo clothes, but some raggedy sort of hood. It blended into the environment perfectly. Actually almost like a makeshift ghillie suit, but with his face exposed. I couldn't see his eyes, and his face was covered in dirt or something, but I knew that we were staring right at each other at that moment. So, I stare, before what seems like minutes. No words. I felt like I was trying to subconsciously convey that I was going to stand my ground. I wanted him to know that I saw him, but I guess I was just too shaken to speak. As I'm staring, my little dog back at the campsite started to bark her head off again like she was scared. And I also had to get off that hill before total darkness or I could be seriously hurt or risk dying trying to get back down. So, carefully, I start heading down the hill with my dog who doesn't want to leave but listens. Periodically, I would stop with my back against a tree holding me up and look in that direction again just to make it even more clear that I saw him. And eventually, I make it down to the boulders at the bottom. By the time that I finally jumped down and hit the boulders, my little dog had stopped barking and I could only see the top of my tent from the bottom of the boulders. I thought that she was barking just to sort of bark. Dash hounds do that. Or just barking back at my dog maybe. But when I get there, my little dog had somehow got out of the tent and was walking around the camp growling with her tail sticking straight up. Still trying to hold it together, I thought. Okay, maybe she just got her nose between the zippers and worked her way out. But I was positive that I had zipped it, so the zipper tap or openings was at the very top of the tent door, way out of reach of her. There was no way that she could have done that. In a mixture of being terrified, annoyed, and the feeling of needing to do something, I reached into my day bag and pulled out my 40 and I fire a single shot into the air as the sun was setting. I climb into my tent without eating and lay with my gun next to me until first light. And as soon as the sun came up, I was packing up my stuff and leaving, heading back down the mountain. It sucked too that it was all downhill back there, but I still couldn't cover the ground to get back to my car in one day. It was dark by the time that I made it to the last camp, maybe about four miles from my vehicle, but thankfully there were other people there. We sat around a fire that they'd made and I felt pretty relieved and safe at this point. 
and they start to tell me that they're planning to head that way where I was the night before in the morning. So I tell them my story in detail, and needless to say, we were both walking back to our cars in the morning, because, well, to heck with that, right? The thing that still creeps me out about this whole day though is that when I got home and started reading reviews of the same hike that I was on, other people had had similar experiences like mine as well. Even a man found dead from a fall around the same boulder range two years ago, and even a woman who was found murdered last year. I don't know for sure if these stories are related to my experience, but I just can't help but think that they just might be. So I'm a 22-year-old female from Hawaii and I live on the more countryside of my island where not even Google Maps can tell you exactly where I live. To put it simple, I live in the boonies and people who don't live by me don't come into my neighborhood unless they're lost. I'm only saying this for context too. So, about three days ago I was in my driveway on my way to catch the bus to work till a weird catering truck came towards my house and pulled into my driveway. A middle-aged guy came out wearing a tacky Aloha shirt only tourists would be seen wearing, dirty khaki shorts with run-down sandals. He looked dirty to say the least and looked like he hadn't scrubbed in days. He asked me if I wanted to buy meat or seafood and said no thanks and then asked if anyone was home. I lied and said my uncle was home, hoping that he would go away. These kind of trucks don't come anywhere on my side of the island, by the way, but anyway, he didn't leave. Then proceeded to compliment my looks, saying how I have nice hair, and going on to say how beautiful island girls are and how our curves are all good and all this sort of stuff. It was creepy, but it wasn't until my neighbor came outside that he drove off. Yet, once I turned the corner, there he was, slowly driving behind me. I felt sketched out and called my mum, who's a dispatcher, and told her what happened and how he looked. She told me that she would handle it, and by the time more people started coming out of the houses, he had left. Two hours later, I was at work, and she tells me that she got a couple of other calls about the same guy with the exact same description as me, and I was asked to go to the station to say if I recognized anyone, and I pointed at his picture. And they confirmed that, apparently... He was a well-known sex trafficker that they hadn't been able to track for like weeks. And to say that I got lucky is an understatement, to say the least. Since then, I've locked my house as soon as my mum leaves for work. I haven't really slept much and have been throwing up or having panic attacks anytime I leave time for myself to think. To be completely blunt, I'm scared and I don't know what to do. He knows where I work, my house, my face, and it scares me to the point that I've even covered up my windows just in case someone might try to look inside. I'm wondering if you guys have any advice about what I should do. So this happened years ago in about 1997 when I was 12 or 13. I still haven't come up with a good explanation for it. 
My mum and I had decided to repaint my bedroom at some stage, so this particular day we started by moving all of my furniture into the centre of my bedroom, apart from my bed, which we moved in pieces onto the landing outside my bedroom. The bed was a single and it was fairly sturdy, with drawers in it, so heavy too, and there was also a headboard, a mattress and bedding. At the time, we lived in a pretty big Victorian house, I'm in England, and my bedroom was down a long corridor with the other three bedrooms on the opposite side of the house. For context too, I, I never really liked that house and had bad feelings about it right from when we moved in, when I was like four, and other people said the same over the years too. There were a, a few other, I guess you could call them odd occurrences too, but this one was the weirdest by far. So, that day, we closed my bedroom door and set to painting my walls. This took all afternoon, though we had a break, so we're in and out of my bedroom a couple of times. Once we finished painting, though, my mum had an appointment for a plumber to come around to diagnose a problem with the boiler. He wasn't there long, maybe ten minutes at most, and then we had dinner. It was early evening now when my mum said that we could probably put all my furniture back into my room and get it ready for me to sleep in that night. However, we moved all the furniture from the middle of my room back into place and then we went to get my bed and it was just gone. We couldn't work out where it was and probably stood on the corridor outside my bedroom for five minutes discussing whether we were losing our minds or not. And then we set off looking for it, checking other rooms and eventually we found it. In my mum's bedroom of all places, on top of my mum's bed... It was set out exactly as it should be too, with the base the right way up, the mattress on top, the headboard in the right place. The whole thing was built. It was ready to be slept on. Except obviously it was on top of my mum's bed in her bedroom. I can still remember the feeling that I had pushing my mum's bedroom door open and seeing it, and just knowing that something really weird had happened. I was actually pretty scared and so was my mum. Though initially she tried to hide it, saying things like, there has to be an explanation. However, we talked it around endlessly and have done a hundred times since, and we've never come up with an explanation. My mum even called the plumber that night to ask if he'd moved it, and he was really perplexed and said that no, because why would he have done that? And more importantly, how could have he even done it when he was there for like only ten minutes and was checking something on the boiler the whole time. I should also add that my sister, age 10, was in the house at the time of this incident, but was watching films and playing downstairs the whole time. She was also freaked out and started crying, which earned me a ban on ever talking about it in front of her ever again. Also, just to be clear, the layout of the house meant the bed had to have been moved along the corridor from my room and then moved around like three corridors to get into my mum's bedroom before being lifted up onto her bed. It was a two-person job for us to move it back and because the base was bulky, I think even someone really strong would have struggled to move it alone. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I feel almost certain that the plumber couldn't have done it and definitely not my sister. One thing I've always wondered though is that at what point the bed moved. I mean, we were in and out of the bedroom all day, but we only noticed it wasn't where it should have been when we went to put it back together. 
I still have no idea what happened, but when I think about it now, it still freaks me out, man, because there's just no way that that bed should have been where it was. So my boyfriend and I moved into a new apartment in May this year, and we've been experiencing some really weird things since then. The first thing that I noticed was when I was sleeping in one morning, my boyfriend was already awake playing video games in the living room. I was woken up to a woman's voice that sounded like a very soft and gentle voice, but also sounded like a woman was very nervous. It sounded sort of urgent and she just said no over and over again, each no sounding more pronounced. I woke up very confused, obviously, and assumed that my boyfriend had a guest over. It sounded like a disagreement, so I quickly got out of bed and went to see what was wrong. I swear on the way to the living room too, I was still hearing mumbling voices in a conversation. And as I'm sure you've guessed, there was nobody there. When I talked to my boyfriend, he said that there wasn't any voice. His video games were plugged into his headset as well, so it wasn't like it was the TV. I've had experiences with hallucinations when falling asleep or waking up in my younger years. Although it had been years since this last happened, I assumed that it was just that and thought nothing more of it. That was until my boyfriend started experiencing things as well. You see, a couple of nights later, he woke up to the same voice. He described it as an older woman's voice that was soft and gentle and it said, no, no, don't worry about it, I've got it. It again sounded clear as if he was just having a conversation with someone in the room. This one scares me even more because he said he was waking up but fully awake when he heard it. At first he thought that it was me, but I was still asleep obviously, and he shook me awake because he was so unnerved. But the scariest thing was maybe a couple of weeks after that. My boyfriend had gotten up to pee in the middle of the night and when he came back, I was sitting up and looking at him. Or more accurately, my side of the bed had a figure sitting up looking at him but it wasn't me. It took my boyfriend a moment to realize that he could also see me laying in my normal spot and it was like this figure was sitting up on top of me almost. In other words, somebody else was in my spot too, just staring at my boyfriend. He quickly turned on the light, obviously waking me up, but when he did, the figure vanished. He was really shaken up then too, and I always hear voices and noises when I'm home alone. We've had paranormal experiences in the past, but not like this. We smudged every time something scary happens and things lighten up for a couple of days. But considering that there was nothing for the first few months that we lived here, I'm nervous that this might be escalating. I, a 30-year-old female, had just woken up and was getting ready for the day in our bathroom, which is attached to our bedroom. If you look through the door, you have a full view of our bed and my sleeping five-year-old son as well. Now, I saw something adult-sized move past the door in the dark bedroom at regular walking speed. 
so I opened the door a bit and looked out. There was no one there though and my kid was snoring. My husband should have been at work for two hours at that point. I checked our security cameras and saw nothing but my husband leaving for work earlier. So I chalked it up to anxiety and sleep deprivation as I'm heavily pregnant and can't sleep at all right now basically. Anyway, a few minutes later I heard what sounded like an adult man humming but it only lasted a few seconds. Can't name the tune. I couldn't tell where it was coming from as we sleep with the box fan on full blast right outside the door and I had the exhaust fan on at that time. I looked out the bathroom door again but nothing. Am I going crazy? I uh, took a deep breath and continued washing my face. The door was open about two or three inches and the mirror in our tiny bathroom is one that covers most of the wall from the counter to almost the ceiling. It's big and you can see everything behind and around you and the door is to my left right behind me. You could reach in and tap my shoulder. Matter of the corner of my eye through the mirror, I suddenly saw something that wasn't there before. There was a, a hand reaching through the opening of the door, gripping the door frame right behind me. It looked like a grown man's hand and was at eye level and I instantly froze then turned around half expecting my husband to be playing a prank because who else would be in here with me. But the hand was gone. I even checked through the mirror. Instantly though, my child screamed and I jerked the door open. Nothing there but a scared kid with eyes wide open. He wasn't looking at me though. Who was that? Who baby? I was trying not to sound scared. He stared off into space for a few seconds, then seemingly forgot about whatever happened. He said, Mama, why did you say my name? I said, I didn't, baby. Did you hear your name? You said my name real loud, and then you weren't beside me. I was in the bathroom, and I don't think I did, buddy. It sounded like you. Obviously, I, I checked the cameras. I checked the windows, the doors, every room and closet, shaking the whole time, but... In the end, there was nothing. I feel safer living in this apartment than I ever have anywhere else, which is strange, I know. Even alone, and I've had bad anxiety before. But like I said, if it was only one of us, I would have shrugged it off as sleep deprivation or night terrors, which my kid has never had, or something rational, I suppose. But that just wasn't the case here. So, what did we see? What did we hear? G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience 
and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.